Awesome. Welcome to Author News Weekly, the weekly news show by authors for authors. We read the news so you don't have to. Join our panel of best-selling authors each week as we take a deep dive into the publishing world, both indie and traditional. Author News Weekly. Yeah, whatever. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Author News Weekly. Have a great week of news for you, and we just can't wait to get started. Here with me is, are you illustrious, Nick? Venerable. At this okay, point. The venerable Nick Thacker. Why don't you pick an adjective? Oh, I thought to put you on the spot. Spotty. Oh, no. Spotty. People. Spotty, yes. We also can't hear you. So we'll go to Jim, who we probably can hear. The adjective I would like you to say is juicy, please. <laughs> juicy. Oh, just on the back of your pants. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. Yes, yes. So anyhow, we are four authors who are very interested in doing deep dives into the news, overthinking the news, so you don't have to, so you can use your mental energy <laughs> to get back to your writing. Yeah. We started. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So there's one that I've been holding off on, on talking about for because we really wanted to have Nick here to talk Wait. about this. What? <laughs> Now you may proceed. The, that means it's time for the news. Oh, yeah. So we've all heard of this thing called, I don't know how to pronounce it, artificial intelligence. And we're going to call it AI with air quotes, like for the remainder of, the, of this newscast. And But one of the biggest ones that we've, the most interesting ones is several of us here live in Colorado, three of us. Wow, it's like a Colorado-heavy news show. And at the Colorado State Fair, it was reported that the winning piece of art was created by artificial intelligence. And people were aghast, aghast at this. And what do you have to what do you what do you have to say about this, Nick? Probably a lot. <laughs> I just don't really know directionally where we need to head with this. I think let me start with a bottom line and we can either nitpick or extrapolate from there. How's that sound? I love my bottom line is this is happening. I said it a long time ago. It's not when it's not if it's when, and the win is now. And we're going to see more and more of this. I don't really, I, I can understand why this sucks for real human artists, but I also don't think that this guy who won was trying to, I, I don't know. I'm probably putting, my own opinions in, in, in his or her mouth. It's it's a man, isn't it? Alan, game designer? What does it say? Yeah, his. In his mouth, I think. That's a gender neutral name. His? Alan? It does Alan. say his. No, it says, it's the word his. It says the word his in the article. Oh, it does? So okay. Okay. That, okay. I, mean, the, the, I don't know. It's 2022. That may be a gender neutral pronoun. I don't know. That's true. I feel like if it were me doing this, I would do it to prove a point that artificial intelligence is here to stay. I wouldn't do this because I wouldn't want to stomp on real artistry because this isn't a competition for artificial intelligences. It's a competition for human intelligences. So I feel like it's a little, a little sucky in that regard, but I don't think Alan was doing it too because he wanted to, I don't know. I don't think he was trying to win. I think he was trying to prove a point. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think he was trying to win, but he also, it's mixed messages. They said they were surprised, but he said he disclosed it when he submitted it. Oh, so it's a little bit. Yeah, but I think I think maybe the judges, maybe they don't read the the details of the art piece. Maybe they until later. So maybe they were maybe they will next year. I do think there's also the term, this is, so there were 11 people who entered (laughs) and the category (laughs) is emerging artists. And because I'm in Colorado and I've been to this, I'm going to say of all the state fairs in all 50 states, if there's any state fair, that's not a real state fair. It's the Colorado state fair. It's a glorified carnival. The Emerging Artist Division is the division that you put artists in who aren't actually artists and you're afraid to tell them that. And I just Ouch. feel like, yeah, no, I'm going to say it because that's really what it is. And I think we should just be honest about it. This isn't a, a kindergarten's competition, right? We're not just handing out, <laughs> here's a ribbon. For these people here's your 15th place so, ribbon. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Okay. A- AI. Well, let's, hear from, let's hear from the other emerging authors here. Because <laughs> no one's been brave enough to tell us we're not really authors. <laughs> Do you guys submit to emerging novelist competitions? I think not. I rest my case. I have found a lot of them where if you give them the right amount of money, you can win it. <laughs> I think they should start. They should have an emerged artist competition. So people who have actually done something and made some art can there can should come definitely out of the be a category that's five to ten years in where you've finally gotten your shit together enough to start looking at contests because mm-hmm. you didn't write at the start yeah. and you missed that window of you must be in your first two years of exactly <laughs> how long do you get to be an you shouldn't be allowed to be an emerging artist after five years you should have emerged by then or gone into or go back in copy editing or something. Yeah. What you, Jim? This guy, Alan, is from Pueblo West, and I've been to Pueblo West, and there's nothing there, but there's a TGI Fridays, a Buffalo Wild Wings, and a bunch of wind, so there's nothing else to do there. I'm not sure. Nick's right. AI is the future and is rapidly becoming the present. So I think, like, AI doesn't care how we feel about it. So from that perspective, none of this really matters. Yes. I, I do have, I have some qualms about this because I know that to train the AI, AI, they feed them real images. So does that, how much does the new image owe to the old image? How much does somebody owe to their influences? I don't know. If you went and grabbed Michelangelo and brought him into the future and showed him somebody working on Photoshop, he'd probably say, that's not art. You're just clicking buttons. The machine is doing the work. And he'd be right and wrong (laughs) because from his perspective, that's not art. From my perspective, I know people who could do awesome stuff with Photoshop. I absolutely consider them artists, but they're really taking something else and manipulating it. That's really all they're doing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely there's different level, different types of art, transformative. And I mean, there, there are people who do collages that are amazing, but the collages are made from magazine clippings and all sorts of mm. things. And there's probably electronic collages. And I would consider that art, but it's just a totally different category of art. So maybe and, and like I would say that there should probably be a different category for this. Right. As well. But let's spin this a little bit into the author world, because like, obviously, this is visual, right? And we know that it's going to be one day, we will probably have a similar debate about the written word where somebody wins something and then admits that it was AI generated novel or something like that. We've already got the AI assist. Right. 
stuff about, hey, why don't you try using XYZ construction or yeah, add a yeah. description here or... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But in this case, I've seen a lot of people, I don't want to be too harsh because some other, because you guys can do that. But the, I've seen authors say, hey, like showing their new covers that they've created. And they're not cover designers. These are artists. These are authors that want to create a cover. And there's, once again, just like this art that won, it's beautiful. It's a great look. It's a great looking piece. And these covers that they're creating are beautiful, but they still don't match what you expect in the genre. So it's, this is not the, this might be great for a cover designer who wants to make, use more unique, not the typical stock photo that everyone would have. Right. So you're not going to see the same exact person on five different covers in the romance genre, but it's still not, it's not an AI cover design tool. It's an AI art tool that's making AI stock photos. And so your book covers still might not fit. So just a warning to people who are saying, oh, this is, I can finally make my cover. If you couldn't make your cover look amazing with, with deposit photos, you're not going to make your cover look amazing with, or fit the genre with an AI art, artist either. That's a great point. Yeah. I don't think anything is going to displace human art, but I, AI is clearly going to be coming into the bag of tricks for people to use. I've thought about this a lot simply with, like word processors, the way I write and the amount I shift things around would have been impossible in any other era. And that's a technology assist. The way we write is dependent on a huge amount of technology and that's how it is. There'll be people who use it well and people who don't use it well. And well, just like in sports, like when you somebody can win a like somebody wins a, an award or the India or the assist goes to this person. So maybe we'll see more like there's a winner. Nick won with the assist to whatever these AI tools are called. Although I do wonder, given Jim's point, if we are heading for a knockdown drag out legal battle at some point about you fed my art into this and or. I wrote the programs <laughs> that, so that eh, would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are worried about the big debates in a lot of these groups where are like, people are saying, don't use that art because you don't own the copyright to that. You don't own the copyright to the art. If you bought it from deposit photo either, you just own the right to use it. So like you still have the copyright to your layout of your book cover because you created it transformatively. So no one can take your book cover and do the same thing. And so it's the same thing here. So there may come a time when they say you don't have the rights to use that piece of clip art or that, that stock photo. But I think they're looking at it from the wrong angle because you can't copyright. You don't know. You're not buying the copyright when you buy a picture from deposit photos. Much less your free one from Unsplash. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. There's the big news this week. This is a totally smooth segue. The big news this week. Speaking of big things. <laughs> Speaking of big things. Yeah. Is you've all heard about the debate or the uproar over the last few months about the, the book talk and the book review, the, not the book reviews, the book returns. 
the serial book returners, the using Amazon as a library, as a free library, like reading a book and then returning them, reading the next book, returning it, reading the next book, then returning it. Amazon has seems that they've finally addressed it. And the Authors Guild article that we've linked in the show notes, Amazon's changing their ebook return policy. How do you feel about that? Good. It's going to get abused. Everything gets abused. There will be book talk videos about, I've found that if you say these few things, they will grant you your book return or whatever it is. But I try not to think too much about piracy because it's one of those, the people who are going to pirate are going to pirate and I can either get really mad about it or I can just skate by. But truth is, if you're buying a book on a platform and then not paying for it, you're doing something. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree the pirates are going to pirate. When Amazon put the statement out, they were like, "We this is a statistically insignificant problem. We still fixed it for you anyway, you ungrateful children." That was their <laughs> attitude. And I haven't been affected by this refund problem. I don't personally know any author who's been affected by this refund problem. But I keep I keep hearing about it that it's a huge problem, but I don't know anybody who's one lost person money I know had something like thirty full sets of her series gotten and returned. Over That's crazy. Yeah. That yeah, but is she an emerging novelist or is she like a real novelist? <laughs> <laughs> that makes a difference. Yeah, real novelist. Maybe this is helping her emerge. (laughs) It's like a sign that somebody really likes her books. Somebody with no money. But still, I agree. Like, Pirate's going to pirate. What about you, Nick? I sorry. I feel like I interrupted you. No, no, no. I I interrupted Jim, who interrupted, who Pippa interrupted. Okay. Um, Yeah. No, I I agree with Jim. I think, you know, what he said with Pippa as well, with Pirate's going to pirate. I have it on good authority, actually, that the data does not suggest that this was a rampant problem. Uh, it's It was something that was an isolated case, and I think specific to certain genres as well, because the later iteration of the most recent iteration of this was a book talk problem, which does imply genre specificity as well. There's not really a book talk for thrillers, for example, unless they're women's thrillers or psychological thriller, that kind of thing. So this wasn't really something that was happening across the board. Now, I'm not saying... This wasn't happening, right? I'm not going to yeah. get it. I'm going to get a bunch of things thrown through my window by these authors that it happened to. It sucks that it happened to these authors because it absolutely was happening. But yeah, I think this is like a 1% of 1% of authors, if that, on Amazon kind of thing. I do find it hilarious. The, the actual statement from Amazon was not, hey, we're going to change this by making it so that you can't return a book after a certain amount of time. He li- the statement literally was, we're just going to make it really hard. We're just going to make it like complicated to return. So you can still do it if you really want to. If you're going to pirate, we're just going to try to make it harder. You're the equivalent of the British Royal Navy saying, we're just going to make it hard to pirate, but we're not going to make it impossible. And I, yeah, it, introducing a tiny amount of friction usually does actually shift a bunch of people. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I, that, and that's fair. That's why I think it's a fine, it, I'm perfectly content with the response from Amazon. I wouldn't have expected them to come back and say, oh, my God, you know what? Why don't we just shut down Amazon? This is we just can't get over. They're just like, look, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. They've been saying in multiple press releases and interviews over the last couple of months that it's not, like you said, not statistically significant. So it might happen to like TikTok might drive people to one particular author. 
and then or one particular genre or subgenre, and then it like hits a lot of people at once and a lot of people notice it. So like in Facebook groups and Twitter, like you see the people who have the problem. You don't see the millions or the thousands of authors who don't have the problem because they're not like, like they've got no problem to talk. They're not, no one's coming out and saying, I'm not having this problem. Yeah. And it's the same with all sorts of other things. Oh, the big debate about which has better print quality, Ingram or KDP print. Go to any Facebook group and you'll find somebody who says the opposite. Oh, that was amazing. It was like a spaceship landing. That was me. <laughs> yeah. So what I like about this is that after you've read past 10%, you have to like basically click a button to get permission to return it. So somebody will review it. So what I'm, assu- what I'm assuming, or I'm hoping, I guess, is that somebody will say, well, you've already read like three books. Like, why would you go read the second book in the series if you are, if you want to return this one, right? If you yeah. read the whole thing, okay, we'll let you return this one. But then if you go read the second one, like why you're not returning this one? Because you just like, why would, if you hated that other book enough to return it, why are you reading this one? I don't think it's going to be a person, Roland. I know. But I, I think, think it's going to be an AI. It's probably going to be the AI that won an art competition. <laughs> Possibly. But well, AI is very busy. But the part of me hopes that they will have a loop counter in there that yeah. says, oh, this person has re- re- returned 12 books or five books. How many are by books. this author? How many are, yeah. I think, no, I think it's going to be, I think that's too more, much, like pretty sophisticated. I don't think they're using AI for this. I think they're using something that's simpler and that's, oh, they've had this many returns in this many books. What's your percentage? Let's have yeah. somebody manually review this. That could just kick it to a human. Yeah, no. that's what I think. That's what I, I think, think you're right. No, you're, I think it's going to be some kind of arbitrary number where they're like, you know, this amount of time you've done this many returns. Similar to how we as authors face the the pre-order stuff on Amazon. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys noticed, but like recently they just changed. I don't know, recently. At the last time I checked, it was different. But they now let you change the pre-order date um, to push it back 30 days. Yeah. Because I had to, I was running up against the deadline. I did that. Yeah, and you do that twice. But then after that, they cut your arm off or something. I think that's the same sort of thing. Like the people who are abusing the system need to be punished so that they don't abuse the system. But the rest of us don't need to be punished because we're not trying to abuse the system. We're trying to provide a good product. Yeah. And that's the same sort of same situation here. Readers are trying to, Hey, I didn't like this book. It sucked. I want to, I like legitimate, have a reason to return it. But after some arbitrary number of times, I bet there's a flag that said, this guy seems like a serial returner. There used to be, I don't know that it still happens or people aren't talking about it, but Amazon instituted a policy a few years ago, not related to books, but anything that you're like a physical items that you're returning. And if you returned too many things, then you, that you got a warning and then they stopped accepting your returns. And if you yeah. still, and this was a problem back when it was like people were buying things to review them and then for money and then they would return them. So there was oh, like so this. That was like the two birds thing with the you have to have bought and kept thirty dollars worth of stuff in order to be reviewed. Oh no, it was even worse than that. It was people would we're going to give you this thing, we're going to give you the money to buy this thing. You review it and then go ahead and return it if you want. You can have the money that'll put the money in your account. You can use it for whatever you want. That was like their loophole, like the scammers loophole for getting for paying for reviews without actually paying for reviews. And Amazon said, that means this person's going to have a hundred returns. No, I don't think so. Yeah. So they stopped that. All right. All right. Speaking of Amazon, the f- and uh, this is somebody fighting against Amazon, a whole country against Amazon. 
It's not Britain. <laughs> Don't worry, Nick. A country united. It's France. So right across the channel. I was getting excited, actually, but now you are down. If we can find one, if, if you can find one that's UK against um, Amazon, we'll be happy to cover it. <laughs> but in this case, it's one of the allies, France. Yeah. So, yeah. So France has decided that independent bookstores need to be able to compete. So they're forcing Amazon to have a minimum three dollar, three pound, three euro, man, three something in money, three monies of um, euros minimum for delivery. So there's no more free delivery in Am for Amazon. Yeah, to help compete. Is this going to help indie bookstores, or people still won't care? It'll help them for a little while. They're all going to fail eventually. <laughs> it's just true. Brick and mortar is going to die. It's just the way life, you know, there's, and it's just change and they're just resisting change because if it's different than the way we used to do it, it must be wrong. Big brick is going to lobby and they're going to lose. France is notorious for this shit. They've got l'Académie Française that will go through things and be like, we do not say le hamburger. <sighs> we say, and everyone's just like, uh-huh. They can fight as hard as they want. They're going to lose eventually. It's uh, Online shopping is just unbeatably better. And there's no world where brick and mortar survives. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's going to be a much more rarefied rich person experience. But there's enough of the browsing community aspect to it that I think cafes with shops and things like that are going to there'll be ways that people find to put entertainment into it and socialization into it and other things that people need there there I, yeah i agree there are definitely some types categories of products that will always have a good place in brick and mortar like clothes anything that you need to hold in your hands before purchasing it as a good chance of surviving amazon still so, amazon still has even fought that with their thing where they'll send you clothes Try them on. If you don't like them, send them back. So they like Amazon's, you don't even need to leave your house. We'll just send you the clothes. You try them on. You don't like them, send them back. No big whoop. And yeah. like, how do you beat you can that? Even see, you can even see what you can even, even use your camera and see what your micro, the new microwave will look like on your kitchen counter. Yeah. So am, am I reading this correctly? Like they're, they're talking about a three euro minimum for ebook delivery. No, just for physical okay. delivery. So if you order a physical book on Amazon or whatever the store is in, in France, yeah. Tolino, yeah, and yeah, Vivlio, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I think, that, but I think this is also designed for because a lot of they're making it sound like a lot of indie bookstores ship books within France, and but they, and they can't compete because it charges. So it's a seven because it typically charges cost them seven dollars to send the books. I don't really know how a three dollar well, minimum is going to help against seven dollars, but still, because people will still choose the cheap option, which is still online, right? Three dollars, yeah. For me, at least, Amazon is the place that I'm going to look for books because their discovery algorithms are so much better than a lot of other places. If I'm going to go to an indie bookstore, I'm going to go to an indie bookstore to look around. To look around because that discovery algorithm is the people who work there. I choose all my books by smell. <laughs> Naturally. So if I, you can't do that online. That's the future though. Sniff section. <laughs> this book smells like despair. I'll take it. I'm with Jim. Maybe not with Jim. 
But in that <laughs> case, I, I agree with you. for you too. I'm with Jim, but I'm going to double down and say I can't wait for independent bookstores <laughs> to get their comeuppance. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Hot take. Man. Listen, guys, here's the deal. Walmart moved into small towns. This happened 30, everything from 50 to 30 years ago. Walmart starts moving into small towns. That she's leaving. And, and everyone's freaking out because the local camera shop can't stay in business. And to an extent, they were right. But then we still have camera shops, right? There's a couple per town. And I think what this tells me is you just need to get better at what you do. And so independent bookstores are no different. And I'm going to lump in any brick and mortar bookstore like Barnes and Noble. Borders couldn't compete and they're out of business. Barnes and Noble can't compete. They don't know it yet, but they're out of business. They took out chairs in their stores because they have absolutely no idea what people want when they go in to read. It's just, it's mind boggling. They're like, what if we sell a bunch of kitschy bullshit at the front of the store? That's what people, no, that's not what we want. We want a fucking bookstore. So independent bookstores are closer to it because they still have books that I can go smell, but I'm ready for half the bookstores to shut down so that the new ones can say, we want to compete with Amazon. We're going to do it. Here's how we do it. Tattered cover up where you guys are is close. They're doing things right. Selling some used copies alongside new ones, having actual staff who know books, give recommendations. That's the kind of stuff. That's what we're going to see. So bring it on. I'm ready for you guys to go out of business. If you just want to stick (laughs) around and dick around in 50 years ago time, you deserve to go out of business. Although I have a space in my heart for, I suppose it is a very different experience than Amazon. Just the used bookstores that are piles upon piles of random used books in no particular order. And you're just like, I'm going to spend three hours and search through this pile. We have those in our town. I would would never go to one of those. I'd never go there. I go, but I don't, if I'm looking for a book, that's the last place I'm going to go. Oh, yeah. I already know what book I want. But I like to go and explore and discover, but yeah. that doesn't mean they deserve to be in business because that's a good business model. It's yeah. not. I want the happy medium. I want, because I, I went to a bookstore last week because my son told me about a book that he's reading and I wanted to inspire him to read more. So I went there and said, my son's reading this book. I don't know anything about this genre. Are there other books that are like this? And they were able to help me. There you oh. go. That's what we need. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't a sports book either. It's not the only thing I don't know anything about. Yeah. Yeah. So I almost included another one in here that was related. Canada was talking about how there's, there's a resurgence in indie bookstores because spoiler alert, they're subsidized by the government. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't know how long that's going to last. And then locally here in Colorado, there's one, I don't know if you've been, if anyone's been there, it's called the book bar. So it's a, you'd think it would be doing great because it's books and alcohol, mm-hmm. but they're saying that we, they just can't compete, especially in the city of Denver. Cause minimum wage prices went, yeah. uh, they say when minimum wage prices went up like 300% or 700% in that, since they opened, but book prices have only gone up 40%. And yeah. they're like, what are we supposed to do? And we can't like price books higher because the publishers print the book price on the cover. So that's <laughs> can't go any higher than that. Hoisted by their own petard. Well, yes. Yeah. I will say, I don't think the subsidy is entirely unfair. And the reason is that places like Amazon and Walmart can afford, like the, the long-term plan is not to be selling things cheaper. The long-term plan is that they have the pockets deep enough to sell things cheaper until the other people are out of business and then raise prices. Mm. And they have the other parts of the store that are subsidizing that. And so they can do it. And that is at least 
demonstrably part of Walmart's structure. And that was part of why people were upset was it's not going to stay cheaper. So you're saying this is a fundamental battle, comrade. Yeah, <laughs> Walmart. No, and then, I don't know because Walmart's not a bookstore, and I know that's an obvious thing to say. But like, people, the people who are looking for a book aren't going to go to Walmart to find it. Walmart well, no, carries a couple like, like main titles, the, right? The structure of when people say we can't compete, that part of it is we can't. They know that they can drag this out much longer than we can. It's like someone harassing you through the legal system if they're much richer. I see. They've got. Yeah, I, think, I think that was a call back to your own Walmart. Yeah, I, I just yeah. when, I, when I hear we can't compete, what I what they usually mean is we can't compete on price, and they are correct. They cannot compete on price. Yep, there's some of that, and a large part of that is that the prices are artificially low, even for the other company, and so they're able to shift things around and get deals that these people can't get. Like it is a fundamentally unlevel playing field, and they are playing dirty in a sense. And so having the subsidies to say, we're going to help you make it longer in this, in the artificial playing field that the larger corporation has constructed, which is interesting because that, like, that's one of the things that capitalism doesn't account for theoretically. I don't have any like instinctive problem with the subsidies. I just think, yeah, there's a certain amount of smaller shops and family businesses, particularly here in Minnesota that are like, we can't compete. We can't afford to pay people to do this. And you're like, then you can't afford to stay in business. You can't pay people, you can't stay in business. I'm torn because I'm, because I do have a fundamental issue with subsidies in general, but to some degree, even though they're Amazon might not be getting the same type of subsidy, I feel like in a lot of ways they're being subsidized, like cities invite them in and say, we're going to give you all sorts of tax breaks and things like that. So you can build your facility so we can work for you and you can get more slightly above minimum wage jobs. And so Amazon has been giving a lot of opportunities to be artificially low priced as well. Yeah, the subsidies yeah. are going every which way. Yeah, it's just there's all sorts of ways you can subsidize something. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they do get very complicated in the long run. And, yeah. But, but um, unless there's a meteor coming towards Earth, like I don't see like much of, I don't see this ending in any time soon. So it's going to be this uh, constant battle. The good news, NASA tested a thing the other day and they were able to at least hit a meteor in space. And hopefully they didn't deflect it towards us. But I have, I have high hopes. That and that Twitter account one. was hilarious. I watched that video and there was definitely not enough Bruce Willis in it for me. So <laughs> I checked out, but it was cool. Yeah, and Bruce is call me when you need, really need me. I feel like we already did this 20 years ago. We know it can maybe work. Maybe I'll find a piece of Hans Zimmer music and, then, and set it to that video. NASA does it, yeah, NASA does it again with a shitty PowerPoint version. And everyone's like, oh, this is super, super cool. I'm like, no, guys, we already figured this out. It's not, And we had it in high def. Yeah. I like the part where they showed how it hit, and I'm like, I still don't see where it hit. Like, I, yeah, they're like, it hit. I'm like, no, the feed just dropped out. You don't know anything. The alien might have intercepted it and redirected it back toward Earth, and then shut the feed. You don't even know. You guys don't even know. The, what a- the AI is so embarrassed that it missed that it just turned itself off. It did. It was like, oh shit, that's the wrong asteroid. <laughs> Damn it, that was the moon. It's going to be a thousand years before gravity, gravity swings me back around. AI has yeah. got space dementia. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Anyone have any parting words? In like uh, parting comments? No. 
I think we covered a lot this week. A lot of uh, hopefully next week we find some positive news. I got some ideas for some news that just popped up this morning for next mm-hmm. week. So I hope everyone mm-hmm. will come back and join us again next week. In the meantime, why don't I go around the virtual room here and tell everybody where they can they can find you, Pippa? Oh, me. You can find me on Twitter at Moira Katzen. We'll drop a link in case you're not sure how to spell that. (laughs) Natalie Gray. There were reasons. I was in finance when I started writing. Jim? (laughs) Sure. Let's say, you know what? You could find me on Instagram at Jim Heskett, G-I-M-H-E-S-K-E-T-T. I I don't really post about author stuff, but my feed is pretty solid. (laughs) So follow me. (laughs) Hey, if you're an author who needs to learn how to Instagram, Jim's a great person to follow. (laughs) Jim like finally figured out his grid and he's like, I'm not changing that for anything. (laughs) (laughs) Looks good, guys. (laughs) I have to post post for me. I rarely post, but when I do, I post nine things at a time. (laughs) (laughs) And Nick. I am imminently findable on the internet. Are you the only Nick Thacker? No, I'm the only if you just type in Nick, you'll get to no, I'm kidding. Nickelodeon (laughs) owns that one. I'm working on it though. Yeah, so find, you can find me there. It depends on what you're looking for. If you want some sweet, awesome, badass books, you can find me on my website. If you want some some sweet, poignant writer advice, you can go find me on YouTube. I'm sure you can find me other places too, but... Poignant? Yeah, I don't know. It's, we, the like rest of us say I'm it. I'm still thinking about adjectives. Po- we say it poignant. Poignant. That's probably why you're misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah and I'm Roland Denzel. <laughs> you can find me at the indestructible author, or not indestructible, it's not the, it's indestructibleauthor.com. And you can find about, uh, learn how to be a more productive author, write better emails, all sorts of stuff like that. I feel like you need to just go by the domain of theindestructibleauthor.com. I should now. <laughs> and just redirect now. it. Yeah. Too late, I just did. It's fine now. <laughs> I'll give you 20 bucks for it. <laughs> yeah. I just had this urge to go, I better hurry up before, because somebody's out there doing this right now, but I don't think, I don't mm-hmm. think we're streaming. Yeah. But thank you all for listening today. Thank you for three for, for joining me. And I look forward to next week for more Author News Weekly. Mm-hmm.